0: Hello?
1: Mm.
0: Hey, hey, hey.
1: Can everyone hear us? I'm sick. I, I still sound sick.
0: Yeah. You sound a heck of a lot better than, than you did earlier <sighs> this week.
1: What's up? I woke up Wednesday sick. I don't know why.
0: I don't know what how, where you got it from.
1: I don't know. But it's not COVES. Nope. Because I I took the RFID test and it's not COVES. But, or it may be. and Maybe the test is wrong. Shit. I don't mm-hmm.
0: know. Could be, but...
1: Is this thing we're on? On, we're on? Are people yep. saying something? Martin's here. Oh, what's up, man? Let me. See, I can't, I, I'm not logged in or something. There was a weird thing like with the thumbnail on this. It, it wasn't there. I don't know what the mm-hmm. deal was. Like, usually they put something. But anyway, I guess we're on.
0: What's up, Lauren? What's up, Sydney?
1: What's up, everybody? So I am sick, and that is the reason why we probably only do, going to do one story. And then the, so we do two stories for Tago Supremos. I'm like winded. I can't even talk.
0: Take it slow. Take it easy.
1: But that will be on Monday. And I am on the back end of this. OK, I'm on the back yeah. end.
0: Yeah, you de- you're you definitely way improved today over. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't be oh, able to man. do
0: this. Oh, man. W- Thursday, I think, was your worst day, right? Oh, man.
1: Mm, yeah, I think so. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I had the I have the man cold,
0: but uh, let's see. And there's no Jen today. She is uh, back up north for her sister's graduation from law school. So she's uh, she gets back this evening. Um, but we'll be back to normal next week. Hopefully everyone will be f- sickness free and here and all that jazz. Yeah. So we'll we'll skip all of the uh, typical welcome stuff for Patreon and the surprise shots. We'll save that for next week when Jen is back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have something else. I know we're not going to go over who joined this week because that's Jen's thing. Mm-hmm. But I do have something else to throw in the pot if you join mm-hmm. and and since this is like a big one, you have to pay the full price of the the yearly price mm-hmm. of the, like the, the top annual. tier. Yep. Yeah, because this one, this one costs me some money. I'm not going to lie. But I have something cool that and I only have seven of these, I think. But if you are a true crime fanatic and you know who Joe Kenda is, he's on a... You know, there's homicide shows. I think he he's written a book. I've never read his stuff. Maybe I have. I don't think I have. But I have his photograph signed by the man himself. Oh. And these are all him signed by. And these were bought at auction. You see the auction number here. So I bought these at an auction and I paid a premium price for these. But they're all signed by his hand. And these are all him. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine of them. All right. And since they cost me a pretty penny, we got to give them only to the people that are going to
0: Supremo who yeah. so do the year sign up.
1: Yeah. Plus, you get the two comic books, uh, all that stuff. I'm not going to go into it, man, because uh, I'm, I'm about to die as it is. <laughs> so, I'm going to open this beer and talk about killing people.
0: How are you drinking a beer right now? That's what I like. I can't do when I'm sick, like alcohol. I mean, yeah, I guess you're trying to kill the germs. But what's up, Faith? Lauren says she got her swag yesterday. Hey, Wolfie's sister. What up?
1: Hey, what's up, Danielle? <sighs> that is my
0: sister's name.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's my brother's name, too. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, oh my god. This story you have never heard. Ain't nobody covered this story. I can promise you that. We are going to Wisconsin, right up from where the man uh, wore his mom's skin as a body costume.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right up cool. from
1: Plainfield. Mm-hmm. Do we have any Wisconsin Wisconsin Knights out there? Any Wisconsin Knights? Is that what they're called? Cheeseheads, right? Cheeseheads?
0: Yeah, what's up, Chris?
1: What's up, Chris? Uh
0: Oh, he used to live in Wisconsin.
1: Oh, yeah, we're at. So we're going actually to the North Woods. You're going to find out real soon what the story is about, even though you never heard it. So I'm just going to go ahead and shout the author out and the book that Nicole's going to be reading from because it doesn't give away anything besides people dying, you know. But tell me if you've heard of this. This is a true story. And this is from 2004 when this happened. This is in the North Woods, and we are reading the Tree Stand Murders. Do do do, ba, do. have you has anyone heard of this?
0: No, but it's do, 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 like do, do, is do. someone hunting people? Like that's kind of what it sounds like.
1: Well, you tell me by the cover. That's what it looks like. So, this is by a lo- local author, David B. Whitehurst. And not to give away the story, but he wrote this because one day out there hunting, this was November 21st, he was out there hunting deer and he heard a bunch of ambulances and sirens going off. <laughs> <laughs> and. This story is crazy. I don't think anyone's heard of it. So with that being said, I say we get started. We're going to Wisconsin. We're going to the Northwoods. We're going to 2004, November. Okay. 20, November 21st, 2004, which I was in boot camp.
0: I it said it's when you just joined.
1: No, I actually, I think I was graduated by then. I had to spend like an extra few weeks in there because I was like, you know. I didn't Talking it, back to the master sergeant. I didn't adapt quick enough. I didn't conform. <laughs>
0: I am not surprised. Chris says it's the opener of deer season.
1: Oh, look at that. He knows. We have a hunter. I wanted to do this story during deer season, but... I don't know when that is. <laughs> and I was just really interested in this. <laughs> That's okay. This is around noontime where I'm starting the story. And this family, the family that owns these 140 acres mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. And I, I will tell you right now, I'm not a hunter. So, but if you are a hunter, there are certain things that you, you have to to know. Number one, if you're out hunting, you have to wear this. It's called a blaze orange jacket. If you flip the jacket over It's camouflage. But Mm -hmm. so you don't get shot. You have to wear that orange jacket. And every hunter out there in Wisconsin, at least, has a back tag on them, which will identify anyone. It's like a license plate and it's on their back and you have to wear that. That's in case if someone's wearing a ski mask or something and tries to run after doing something, you know, bad or like trespassing or something, the tag number, you can get the tag number. Okay. We are going to the property of two men tonight, the Willer slash Croteau property. And this is November 21st, 2004, Northwoods, Wisconsin. One of the members of these two families, and it's just not the Willers and the Croteaus, there's other people, friends of the family that are going to be involved in. In this. Now, I want to say before we really get into this story, don't worry about the names of people because there's a lot of them. Okay. But I can't do like man one, man two. I will say the names, but, and I'll try to make them clear. Just don't get bogged down on who's who. Okay. They're all male except for one female in this story. Okay. All right. And one other thing, one of the male's names is Lauren, you know, yep. and, and I'll tell you that later, but that is a little confusing. Okay. All right. I'm going to read some of the actual conversation that this family and their friends have with a trespasser, a single man that they find not only on their property, because I mean, even you probably know this. If you're deer hunting, you can't go on someone's private property and, and shoot a deer. Now, that happens a lot. It's been happening forever.
0: They don't realize that they're on private property.
1: Also, you're supposed to bring a compass and a plat map with you so you know where you're at. And on those maps, it is easily recognizable if it's someone else's property. Not only that, there's most of the people that have this private property, they put up signs, trespassing signs, and they put them up like every 20 yards or 50 yards on every other tree, basically. So trespassing does happen. But when you have 140 acres plus, it happens more than you would like to. Now, there's a difference between trespassing on purpose and accidentally. You would forgive someone for doing it accidentally. However, if someone is doing it on purpose, that's a whole different story. Like
0: repeatedly, they've been told, that type of thing.
1: They've been told or whatever. But not only that, because you can lose your hunting license if you get caught Ah, doing this. Okay. But not only that, if someone trespasses knowingly and climbs up your deer stand that is empty. Oh. That, that is a huge, that, that doesn't happen. Like no one has the audacity to do that. So, the thing about I mean,
0: our de- um, question. So, would and this might be something that like Chris can answer. Are deer stands um, like, is there public land where there are deer stands? And they, this, yes, I'm assuming this is a, and the in this situation, he knows it is owned by someone and it's yeah. not public property.
1: Okay. So, this is what I learned about this area, Wisconsin. I don't know about anywhere else, but deer stands, even in public lands, are not permanent structures. You cannot nail up. A deer stand, even in public land. The only time you can do that is if you own the property, private property. So, how hunters would get around this is, and if they're on public land, which they should be, they have these temporary stands that they they sell at like a uh, Bass Pro Shops. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure how they work; never used them. But you basically shimmy up a tree, and I think it's like one of those pull-up bars that like hang from your door that uses the uses the uh, fulcrum of the door or something like mm-hmm. that. So I think it's like the same thing. But anyway way, you shimmy up this tree, put this deer stand on, and then you can remove it. Okay. So it's temporary. Got it. I, I think the rule that I was reading was it: no permanent structure can be there more than 24 hours or something like that. So that basically takes out deer stands. The reason that's so important is because this guy, this trespasser is on someone's deer stand knowing that he's doing the wrong thing. That's a big difference, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Agree, and Chris does say that um, there is a plat book that has like the landowners' names and the sections of the land that
1: they own. There you go.
0: So it should be clear if you are a an experienced hunter. There you what go. To do.
1: And this trespasser did something even more screwed up. He knew he was on private property, and he knew he was on someone else's deer stand, which is a big fu to anyone that owns that property. But he also flipped his orange jacket, which are supposed to wear. This is how people can see you in this orange jacket. He flipped it around. He also had that orange hat on, the hood, flipped it around. On the flip side of these jackets are camouflage. So he is trying to blend in. Plus he has a camouflage ski mask on.
0: All things you're not supposed to do.
1: Oh yeah. You're not supposed to do that. He is doing this on purpose, knowing that. He has the Wisconsin hunting regulations in his back, in his backpack. Hmm. So...
0: So, he knows that there are rules. He's choosing not to follow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but it shouldn't end up in murder. It should end up in, hey, get off the damn property. So, knowing that there's a murder, what do you think is going to happen?
0: Well, how big is this, the the land that's owned? Because I wouldn't, like, how many acres did you say? Did you already say that?
1: Yeah, it's over 100. I think wow. I read 140.
0: Okay, yeah, you did say that. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it's huge.
0: So, it's not like it's, it's something you can really monitor. No. If someone's crossing over into your land, unless they have like, you know, I would I would put up a fence around my perimeter.
1: I mean, not, well, not, not around had, 140 acres, you wouldn't.
0: Well, if you're deer hunting, like deer hunting on your own land, I guess you wouldn't because you want the deer.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just gets too ridiculous. You won't be able to put up that much, but you would put up signs and stuff like that. Hmm. but
0: And Chris says you have to wear at least 50% blaze orange.
1: Yeah. Blaze orange is what it's called. This is where we are right here. This is the exact spot you're looking at right by Deer Lake. Uh huh. Now, there's a little road here, Deer Lake Road. In this area is private property. All of this, all, like all of this, literally, this almost this whole township is private property. And there's a cabin up here. I think it's actually right here in this clearing somewhere from what it looks like on the map. The ca- there's a cabin right here. And that cabin is in binocular view of this man trespassing. The trespasser is actually caught when two of the family members are walking down the road here, okay, Deer Lake Road, and they see a trespasser in the tree stand, which is hard to see because he's camo. He's right.
0: all camo. Yeah.
1: They see this man and a few of these guys are going to go confront him because this isn't the first time. And like I said, it's one thing to trespass, but you do not sit in another man's tree stand. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently.
0: I mean, uh, uh, even even in the like out of context of we don't hunt, we don't do that, I would say that's a pretty big no-no.
1: Yeah. And I'm reading this from the book. I don't know how to do a Wisconsin accent, but I do know how to do a Hick Southern accent. So I'm probably going to do that, just so let you know.
0: That's fine. Go all with right. what you know.
1: Well, we must have a trespasser. Willers. And I'm going to go over all these guys' names, so don't, don't get bogged down on the names. Willers walked over to the individual in the tree stand and hollered, What hunting party are you with? The man and the tree stand didn't answer. But he did start coming down the tree stand. What direction did you come from? Willers asked. And this man, he didn't say anything. He just... Gestured north, he came from the north, which doesn't make sense because that, that basically means he would have to travel almost 140 acres through private property to get where he's at at this point. Not if he good. came north, yep, so it's obvious right now that this man's lying, he came from the south because at the north is the borderline for Minnesota, right? I mean, okay, yeah, it's that's north, he didn't come from north, he came south, okay, but he is gesturing that he came from the north and he's not saying. Saying anything, You're on private land and you have to leave. Now is the first time he responds. I didn't know I'm on private property. I didn't see any trespassing signs or, or fences. More signs aren't needed. You should carry a compass and plat book to avoid wandering on private property. The man apologizes again. He's very apologetic, and he continues to climb down the tree. And that should be the end of the confrontation. The man asks, what direction do I go to get off this property? And that's when Miller says, go east. And he points. At that point, this man wearing a ski mask walks away. Okay. And that should be the end of the story.
0: Well, it should be.
1: No. So this man was told to walk east, but instead he walks south. So he's basically doing his own thing again at this point, but he doesn't have a compass on his person. He walks on what they called the food plot trail, which I, I just learned what it was. The food plot gets its name from the 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 clover, corn, alfalfa, and other crops. Deer loved, deers love to eat, deer, deer love to eat. Willers and Croteau planted them on this little trail to bring in deer. So he's walking down that trail, right? Okay. This guy, Terry Willers, he walks back to the camp, to the ca- this little cabin, and he tells everyone, just trespasser, you know, whatever, everything's...
0: It's all good here. Yeah, it's all yeah. good.
1: Now, I'm he's leaving. now he's part owner of, of this whole land. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's the Will- Willers Croteau. Right. He walks back, and then Bob Croteau, the other property owner, says, nah, no, 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 especially if he's in the tree stand, we need to go have a talk. Good old talk with him. Oh, boy. Because this isn't the first time this has happened.
0: With this with this same individual.
1: No, no, no. They don't know who this individual is. Okay. They can't because see he, him. He's covered up. But there have been individuals trespassing on the property and they're always told to leave, yelled at, get off the property. They they don't even look at the signs posted on the trees. They don't care. And now one of these people has gone so far to climb up a privately owned tree stand, actually owned by this guy's son, Bob Croteau's son. This guy climbed up it, turned all his orange around to not be spotted by them so he can hunt a deer. That's not cool. Agree. So Bob Croteau is going to go over there and he's going to make sure that this man Knows never, never to come back, to come back, and not only never to come back, but to tell his friends never to come back because out here in the North Woods, as I was reading, is kind of like the Wild Wild West. You can't. I'm thinking of that movie. <laughs> I should say Wild, Wild, Wild West. West. <laughs> In the Woods here in Wisconsin, it's kind of like the Wild West. There's, yes, cops and law enforcement, ambulances, EMTs will come, but they are way spread thin.
0: It's rural. It's
1: real rural. This is forest area. Yep. Okay. The, the law enforcement, which is in small numbers in these little counties to begin with, they expect you being a qualified and competent hunter and a family to figure things out by yourself. I mean, this is like one step away from Texas Chainsaw Man. No, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know why that movie's on my mind.
0: <laughs> Chris does say rural is an understatement, so he is he is affirming.
1: All right, what direction did he go? That's what Bob Croteau asked, and and I'm reading this from the transcripts exactly how it is verbatim from this book, right? So this is now 11:35, and this trespasser who they can't even tell who it is. They didn't get the back tag. They don't know. They can't even see the guy's face. He didn't even want to talk. He was gesturing. He's now walking off and. Bob Croteau gets on his ATV and another UTV, which is don't don't get mixed up in ATV and UTV. ATV is a smaller version, UTV is the bigger version. But it's like interspersed here. Just think okay. ATV. So he, this man has walked away, confrontation over, heading away, and now Bob Croteau and some of the other family members jump on two ATVs and they're basically chasing after him because they're going to have a talk with this guy.
0: What would you do in that situation, John? Would you have been the guy saying, "Like, all right, leave, get out of here," or would you have been the person who's like, "No, no, I'm going for a second talk, make sure he knows we mean it."
1: I would say I'm going to go for a second talk to make sure he knows we mean it, but I would also bring some firearms with me.
0: Okay, I but, had a feeling,
1: <laughs> but why would you need firearms? Because people are out shooting deer, not humans.
0: Well, you honestly, it kind of is like a rent of like a road rage kind of situation situation. situation where, you know, you never want to like, you just don't, you just don't know what crazy somebody is going to, going to get into. So I would never like get out of the car or like, you just, you just don't know. You just don't know. So that's where I would err on the side of like, all right, I'm, I'm staying put. He's leaving.
1: Well, so I recently purchased some tear gas, as you know, so I wouldn't say I'm trigger happy, but I would like to see what someone would look like if they got shot with some tear gas that would be kind of crazy you know i'm too old to fight i'm like 40 plus i'm too lazy man it's like dude if you walk any closer just know i'm an older guy now i don't fight here's some tear gas bow (laughs) look at that
0: but you're gonna that's (laughs) assuming it it gets confrontational
1: well no no it doesn't i'm gonna tear gas him anyway (laughs) i mean it's not gonna kill (laughs) him they're just gonna learn to be nice they finally catch up with this man And this man keeps walking away and they're yelling at him to stop. Now, put yourself in this man's situation. There are five individuals that are really mad at you coming towards you in ATVs. You don't know if they're Armed. armed. You don't know their intentions. All you know is the situation seemed to be over. And now as you're leaving, these people are coming towards you in the middle of the Wisconsin forest. Yeah. So put yourself in his shoes. So if
0: it was an honest mistake, I would be like terrified um, and angry because I'd be like, all right, I'm already walking away. Like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. That's when Bob gets off and he says, were you on my son's tree stand? The man apologizes again. Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was your stand. Then things got a little confrontational. I guess they thought this man was kind of being like, yes, I didn't know. And just kind of like, whatever.
0: Dismissive.
1: Dismissive. What the fuck? Were you doing on my son's tree stand? That's what it says. So that that word there does bring it up. A little bit. That right there is a confrontational word. It's, uh, it's yeah. Because you got to keep in mind, there's one of this guy and five of these other guys in the woods. And now he is it yelling. It seems like
0: he's starting to pick a fight again when he started to walk. This guy was walking away.
1: This man continues to walk away as he doesn't, pretending he doesn't hear. Tree stands don't grow out of fucking trees. Do you think that fucker grew there by itself?
0: He is angry.
1: The man keeps walking. Which direction did you come from? The trespasser puts his hand up to show northeast and keeps walking. Did you know that you had across 400 acres of private land to get here? At this point, he says, no, I didn't see any trespassing signs. And then Pertoe shot back. I don't have to put up any more goddamn signs. Then the man retorts. How do I know this is private land? Are you fucking lost? Bob says. So this is, mm, this
0: is getting uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then this man, Bob Grato says, "Give me your name." I don't have to give you anything. Now remember he has a back tag. All hunters must have a back tag. So, and that back tag is basically your your license number. Mm-hmm. If a uh, if a uh, um what do you call them? Is it, no, they have rangers there. Forest rangers? I don't know. I guess DNR, which is something. <laughs>
0: Do not resuscitate. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you think
1: uh, that right? An yeah, acronym? Yeah, DNR. Tell me what DNR is. Chris. Do not resuscitate. <laughs> no, it's not. Damn it. It's, it's a DNR agent. It's something. um Deer and rescue. Damn, I don't fucking know. <laughs> deer and something. Deer. And deer and, and rabbits. <laughs> it's the deer and rabbits officer. <laughs>
0: Uh, the DNR do nothing right people. is
1: what Sable says. Deer and rabbit.
0: Uh it's called the Department of Natural Resources. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Sables better.
1: Uh, what was hers?
0: Uh the do nothing right people.
1: The DNR agents can look up your license number and know exactly who you are.
0: Is it like a uh, six-digit number, you know, easy, like a license plate, easy to write down and remember? Yeah,
1: his is actually... I mean, I think there's six to eight. I have his here. It's uh, it's, okay. it's somewhere down here in these notes. Um, anyway, it's like eight numbers. No, no hyphens. Just a bunch of numbers. Anyway, this man said, "I'm not giving you my name. I don't have to give you anything." He says. Now he is trying to walk away at this point, and now he's noticeably getting kind of anxious as well. So at this point, Cretot starts throwing his arms up in the air and you know just being being. Extremely Extremely animated. At this point, one of the other men, as this man is trying to leave, he has to circle back around this SUV. Another man steps in front of his path. Now, this is very important. Because this means this man they is, don't want
0: him to leave is being
1: confined. Yeah. They really want to discipline this man. So you can see that this is a very tense situation. Yes. He sidesteps and tries to walk away again. I'm not done with you yet. That's what the property owner Bob Groteau said. Now, I'm going to come back to the full thing here. There's more to this that you need to know. There's more to this conversation that you need to know. Okay. But I'm going to leave that clean slate for now, but we will come back. And it's an extremely important part, which, Chris, I know you know what it is, being up in Wisconsin. But we're going to come back to the full thing, and I'm going to show you what that is. It's extremely important, and it's going to change how you view this situation here. Okay. But we're going to skip forward to now when this man finally breaks free, and he is about 50 yards away. Okay. Okay. Now, at this point, as you'll see, stories are different. This man that stepped in front of him, Joey, it was actually his son, Joey, Joey Croteau, steps in front of him. And his father says, you know, let him go. And then they tell him, follow the ATV trail and get the fuck out of here and never come back. And then he walks away. So that should be the end of the confrontation. But being Joey Greco, the confrontation's the best part. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, now, this is important, too. They just remembered he has a back tag number and the trespasser forgot about his back tag number. Bob, the property owner, tells his son, get that tag number. See if you can see it through the binos. Get it. They get the tag number, which is an eight digit number. They're looking for a pen or something. No pen, no paper. So he takes his finger and on the hood of the ATV is all dusty and he puts the number in there, which is important. Okay. Because the tag number is now on something.
0: Okay.
1: It's, it's in dust, <laughs> but it's still there. Fuck. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, Which identifies this guy. Mm-hmm. The tag number here it is 0685505. As this man's walking away, Joey Croteau, the son thinks that this man gives him the bird the finger that fuck you man which i think means like how are you in france right like hey how are you i'm just (laughs) or is that something they just told me when i went to france and that's why i got kicked in the balls (laughs) hey how's it going i'm an american (laughs) no oh fuck why does this keep happening
0: What? You really think that's how they say hello?
1: I think so, right? No! <laughs> oh.
0: they, you know how they say hello? They kiss you three times. They don't oh. flip you off.
1: But other oh countries, my. they don't know what this is.
0: Yeah, they do, babe.
1: Do they? Yes, oh. they do.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Jeez. Joey calls out. Did you just give me the bird? This man's about 30 yards away now. He says, no, I didn't. And then he hears something he doesn't want to hear. He hears Bob say, we've got your back tag number and we're going to report you to the sheriff for trespassing. Now, as you're going to find out, this isn't the first time that this man has trespassed. This is his last strike. This man also has a felony.
0: Oh, boy. If
1: he was to be reported again, his license will be permanently suspended. Okay. And he's an avid hunter. So hearing that they got his back tag number,
0: Escalates the situation.
1: <laughs> Escalates it, yes. <laughs> All right. What do you think so far? Because
0: he's like, shit, no. Ah, oh, this is <laughs> a little this is high stress.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Let me tell you the names of attendants who's out here. Don't get bogged down on the names, but you're gonna be reading some of the stuff. So, but there are five, five men out here at this point. There there are other people in this story, but they'll come in later, including one female. But in attendance at this spot where this confrontation is happening, they have two ATVs. There is a Lauren Hesbeck, who is a male Lauren. Just that's confusing. There's the property owner, Bob Croteau, and his son, Joey. There's a family friend, Mark Roy Terry Willers. Terry Willers is important. He's the one that first saw the man, and he's the one that told the man to get off his property. The first time, yep. He's also half the property owner, the yep. Willers, right? He's also important for another reason. He is the only man of this group of five who has any type of firearm with him. None of the other men brought firearms. Okay. Because they were just going to go talk to him. And nowhere in the history did they think someone would be hunting humans, you know, are mm-hmm. shooting at humans. You shoot at deers. You, humans get shot a lot, but that's because they're mistaken for deer, mm-hmm. you know. And the last person is Danny Drew. So the rest of the crew, which a lot of them will come in later, stayed at the cabin, which is an eye shot, but kind of far away. Now, let's let's get on with this shit. Let's ramp it up. This trespasser is walking away. And after he hears, we got your back tag number, he stops. He is walking down a slanted ravine so that everyone else is kind of up top on this hill. But this man stops. He's about 30 yards away and he's doing something. And Terry Willers, who has 1520 vision, is what it says in the book, could see what he was doing.
0: Was he loading his gun?
1: He wasn't loading his gun. His gun was already loaded. He was dropping his scope. So you have a scope on your gun, which is good for long distance shooting. But I mean, you know, if you're a rifle or
0: anything? No.
1: When you pull a rifle up and you have a scope, a scope is good because it magnifies one spot. However, it takes away your periphery from everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's not good for close shooting. Okay. You would never want to shoot someone close with a scope on because it's it takes too long to, to accurately focus. And plus you lose all your periphery, right? Mm-hmm. So he's dropping his scope, which is not a good sign. That means he's getting might, ready to shoot. somebody. He's getting ready to shoot someone close, something close. And it's not a deer because he's, he's on private property. So why is he dropping his scope?
0: Because he's going to turn around and shoot the others.
1: Sorry, I'm a little sick, guys. That's why I, I was...
0: know you're doing great. You're doing great.
1: All right. Lauren Hesbeck, Lauren the mail yells at Bob. Bob, look out. He's doing something. As soon as Bob looks, this man's trespasser turns around and now he has a rifle and it's inching up towards this whole party. The scope's not no longer there. Even now, Bob Cristo and the others are cool and collected. Listen, asshole, you aren't going to shoot at us, you know. Just get the fuck out of here type of thing, right? Because like I said, you don't shoot humans, you shoot deer. Mm-hmm. You shoot humans on accident or if you know you're a female out there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. I'm just gonna Oh shit. Oh, I'm okay. just
0: gonna let you sit into that bad joke.
1: So now he pulls up this man, this trespasser, aims his rifle, and he points it right at Terry Willers, the only one with the other firearm. He's going to take this man out. He's pissed off at this point. He's going to take this man out. He's going to He's he's going to take the whole party out. Party of 5. 90210. He's going to take this whole party out, but first he's got to take the rifle man out. Yep. The rifleman, Terry Willers, still doesn't think he's going to do it. He has his gun kind of at the ready position, kind of pointed down as a threat. Now, hey, I got a gun too, MF, get lost.
0: Yeah. Don't don't do something stupid.
1: But this man turns around and he is intent to kill and he pulls that trigger. They would never believe this would happen because this has never happened before. You don't you don't do this ever, especially in the woods full of rednecks with ATVs and shit.
0: Right. Right. Like everyone's got a fucking gun, man.
1: I know, man.
0: Except in this situation.
1: And it turns out, we're talking about this guy later, the trespasser, but he's a sharpshooter. Now he's he's not even using a scope. He's using his iron sights. And he is a sharpshooter. So Nicole's gonna be reading from The Tree Stand Murders, a true story by David B. Whitehurst.
0: The bullet struck Willers in the lower left neck, between his neck and shoulder, traveled diagonally across his back, nipped a couple of lobes off his spinal column, and exited beneath his right shoulder blade. He was totally paralyzed, unable to move any part of his body.
1: With that shot, this trespasser sees Terry Willers. He tried to get out of the way of this bullet, but he's just not quick enough. He sees this man's body go limp and flatten on the ground. Now he's not dead yet or at all, but he is paralyzed. Jesus. Or at least temporarily. All right. So now we're going to ramp it up a lot. <laughs> Immediately, what does everyone do? Um,
0: somebody's gonna go for the gun that.
1: They're, oh yeah,
0: that was just kind of dropped by their colleague.
1: So when the bird situation happened, Terry Willers walked forward a little bit. So he's in front of his friends. If they were to go for the gun, as you said, they would be proceeding forward towards him, out in the open towards the threat. And there's no nothing to hide behind there mm. besides your friend's body. To get the gun was be very risky. Plus, they're still in shock of thinking that no one would shoot at another human. So they all duck. Some of them duck behind the SUV. Some of them, like Bob Croteau, he jumps in the bushes. At this point, the shooter begins shooting at the others. He's got four more. And as you'll see, if he can get all four, he can walk away free, right?
0: In his mind.
1: No, no, no. If he could kill all four, he could, if he could kill all five and leave no witnesses. There's, well, he doesn't
0: know about the dust written
1: Yeah, he doesn't cat. know about that. But would they even recognize that i don't know would it blow off by the time someone sees it good point and if if he was arrested whose word is it
0: well no everyone's dead so it's
1: his words oh he pulled the gun at me they have a gun okay all right this is tricky and i will tell you at the end of this this is a chicken egg situation we're gonna talk about what came first chicken or the egg who shot first anyway because stories differ here Terry Willers falls on the ground. He's the only one with the other rifle. He's not dead, just paralyzed. And he is now in the midst of this, of these bullets flying at his friends. The friends all jump behind different things and try to get cover. Next, he looks over and he sees his friend, family friend, Mark Reut, Mm -hmm. who was just sitting on an ATV, not really part of the confrontation, just kind of there, Mm -hmm. sitting on the ATV, the ATV's still running. And this is how the book describes it. For a split second, a millisecond, Mark looks over because he hears the shot and he doesn't dive behind anything because he's sitting on an ATV. He sees that he's the only one out in the open sitting on this ATV. And then he sees this man pointing a rifle straight at his face. Crazy. He didn't have time to do anything. It was instant, this sharpshooter took his next shot. And this guy, Mark Roy, Mark Royt, sitting on this ATV lifts his left hand up in front of his face instinctively. Right. Because my face is out open. I, you know, I want to just block it. Maybe deflect I'll get it, lucky. You know? Yeah, de- deflect it. And it it worked. He got lucky with it. The bullet penetrated his forearm, his left arm and went through his upper shoulder, like right here at the shoulder blade. Extremely lucky.
0: Wow. Yeah, that was really lucky.
1: Well, sort of. The bullet did exit out of his shoulder. However, this single bullet wasn't done yet. It went through his forearm. Because remember, this man is shooting uphill. So it went through his forearm, went up through his collarbone here Mm -hmm. and continued now deformed and deflected a little bit into his neck. (gasps) This is one bullet. With all this momentum, it just so happens that Mark Royt was in the worst position he could be in. And this bullet exited from the top of his shoulder, but was ready to do even more damage than it did.
0: The deformed bullet then bashed into his head in front of his left ear, punched a large hole, fractured his skull, passed through his brain and out the back of his head. He died instantly. The impact of the bullet knocked him off the ATV. His body flopped to the ground, spread eagle on its back. His ATV was in gear and chugged slowly forward. Damn. Okay, never mind. He was not lucky.
1: So Mark Roy died instantly, but he still has his foot on the brake. This ATV that's still in gear. It's not even in park. It's in gear. So the only thing stopping this thing from going is foot. Wow. So like you see on the movies in the Westerns where... The man on the horse gets shot and the horse is dragging his limp body. Same thing. The ATV takes off and this man's limp body is now oh my flopping gosh. just for a few seconds until it, boom, falls and rests right there on the Wisconsin soil. Wow. Now. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. At this point, maybe they know, maybe they don't, but the shooter definitely knows he's got to kill everybody. All five. If he kills all five, he walks away. If he doesn't, he's he's, you know, whatever. So that's yeah. his job. So can he do it? Yeah. All right. And he's a sharpshooter. And the only other weapon is with the dude that's been shot. Right. But he ain't dead yet, so. Everyone scatters at that point, starts running, diving, getting down on the ground. But there's something that they don't really think about. Bob, for instance, what do you think he's wearing? He's wearing a bright orange jacket.
0: Oh, no.
1: Yeah. So with someone that wanted to leave no witnesses, it's going to be kind of hard to blend in with the terrain wearing that bright orange Danny Drew would be the next one to be shot. Although he wouldn't die for another few minutes, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But as the others found their bushes and dove behind the ATV, for instance, Danny, he tries to jump behind the ATV and he runs into Bob's son, Joey. They bump for a second and he realizes he's taking that spot. So Danny runs around the front again. And at this point, as I was reading the book, in my mind, everyone has their spot besides Danny.
0: It's Put a musical chairs and he's one without his chair,
1: it's a musical chair situation. Oh. He's the only target available. This is stressful. You're you're Tom Brady, and you're looking for that one guy that's open, real open. This shooter is Tom Brady, looking for that one guy, and he like Tom Brady, he's going to make an excellent pass. I <laughs> know <laughs> you hate me.
0: I'm so glad Jen's not here to hear you. I've just... Because
1: he's a good guy.
0: (laughs) You know, I'm still not over it. It's fine.
1: Danny Drew is running around this ATV. He sees his spot was taken. Now he's going to try to go to the other one, but he's got to run back around the, the one ATV to get to the other one. It's musical chairs. And unfortunately for him, the music had stopped. He was the only one without a seat in this musical chairs. And the shooter shot again. The music stopped for Danny Drew.
0: The bullet struck Drew on the lower left chest, broke two ribs, passed through his abdomen and out the right side, tearing through his large and small intestine, pancreas and stomach. His body crimped in half and crumpled straight to the ground, landing in an awkward position face down on his head, shoulder and hip, mortally wounded.
1: We'll come back to him. Mortally wounded, but not dead. All right. Bob Croteau, the property owner. He's next. He's in the bushes. He's hidden.
0: Except with a bright orange vest.
1: These are dense bushes. You can't see them anywhere. But you can see that bright orange, blaze orange vest. And he realizes that. But it's too late when he realizes it. Because he knows the shooter is coming for him next. He's the next one on the list. And he's already got his position and everything. He just... Didn't think about it. He didn't think he thought he would be more hidden. I mean, this is the dense brush, briars, all kinds of things. He could be completely camouflaged. Maybe the shooter would think he got away and chase after him in some weird direction. Mm-hmm. But no, the jacket gave him away. You know, I was reading about this, ja- the blaze orange jacket. So it became a law to, to wear that. And this was, I don't know, like 40 years ago. As soon as that happened, the amount of hunter on hunter accidents went down like 51%. It's a lot. I know. So if you're shooting through a scope, apparently most of these guys would wear just camouflage. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I guess they look like deer. I've never been. Or hunting. you just
0: wouldn't know if someone's in the way, you know?
1: Yeah, but I'm not going to shoot something if I don't know what it is. Like I feel like they, you would know the difference between a deer and a human being. I mean, a human has arms. I, I don't understand why people keep getting shot. It's like, oh, something's moving. Bow bow, bow.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: fucking crazy. The first shot whizzed right past Bob's head. (laughs) Shit. He knows I'm here. Bob ducks down and then he starts to realize he realizes right then. Oh shit. I'm wearing this orange jacket. I got to flip this thing around. It's my only chance because now I'm stuck in these briars and he can just, you know, I could go back and I could zigzag and and maybe survive, but I got to get this damn jacket off. So at this point, he falls to his knees and he's struggling with the zipper. He's trying to get, And it's stuck. The zipper's stuck and he's trying, he's ripping it off. It's stuck in the fabric and he's desperate at this point and... Finally, he finally breaks that fabric, that little piece of fabric that's stuck in his jacket. And he gets a zipper free and zips it down. Yes. And I guess he didn't hear that shot that came out of that man's rifle or something. I don't know because he was still messing with that zipper. Mm. But that once bright orange, the blaze orange. Jacket is now crimson red as that bullet traveled twenty six hundred feet per second, passing dead center through Bob's heart. Wow! And he's just sitting there trying to get that jacket. He didn't even hear the shot. He just sees that that jacket that he's been struggling with finally got it broken free is now turning red through the heart, dead center through his heart. You know, I can get away with that. And these are deer rifle bullets, so they're a little bigger than what you would shoot out out of an AR fifteen, a school shooter best way to that's the best way to let you know what an AR fifteen is. <laughs> what school shooters use. But that's it's a little bigger. It's a seven, six, two round. So it's okay. a little it's a little bigger. It'll mess you up. So that going through the heart, you're done. Dead center through his heart. He was even turned around the other way because he was messing with that jacket. <laughs> right through his that's heart. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's go back to Lauren Hesbeck. Lauren hadn't been shot yet. He's the other male. Okay. Yeah. Lauren is by the ATV and he looks to his right and he sees Danny Drew kind of limping on the ground. He looks to his left and he sees Mark Royt on the ground. He knows he's dead. So tell me what what what's, what are you thinking right now?
0: I'm thinking, is anyone going to be able to stop this guy or get away?
1: So we have three people shot. Yeah. Bob, Terry Willers, the first, with the rifle shot. Yep. Still alive. Yep. Bob. True. No, no. Mark Roy was next. Yep. He's dead immediately. He yep. was on the ATV. Flops off. Mm-hmm. Danny drew was next Mm -hmm. musical chairs. Yeah. That's how I'm remembering him. He was shot mortally wounded. So he's still alive. Mm -hmm. Next is Bob Croteau who is dead. So we actually have two more. We have Lauren Hesbeck and then Joey Croteau, Bob's son. So six people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, I thought there were five. (sighs)
1: Sorry. Yeah. I can't count. All right. Lauren, which is a male, Lauren Hesbeck is next, next in line. So this rifle, which I'll tell you about the rifle later, but it holds 10 shots. So 10 shots, six people.
0: And he missed Bob the first time. Mm-hmm. So he spent, mm-hmm. he wasted one.
1: Yeah. Lawrence crouched behind the ATV. He looks over to his right. There's Drew. He's ugh, dying, spurting blood everywhere. He looks to his left. There's Mark Royt on the ground. The ATV had thrown him off. Then he looks directly in front of him. And who was there? That shooter with that muzzle pointed right in his face. Now, this is an ATV. He's hiding behind an ATV. It's actually a UTV. So an ATV, take an ATV. And put another one on it. It's just a bigger version. It's like a four seeders instead of two. Okay. But it's still small, right? Okay. So it's about uh, eight feet distance. He's hiding behind this. He looks to the left. He looks to the right. Then he looks in front. Who's in front of the ATV? The shooter pointing the rifle At lauren So what does he do? He runs around the the ATV on the like on the other side as the shooter goes around the other way. So even this is kind of like a game. Mm -hmm. And now they're kind of doing that thing you do when you chase your girlfriend or wife around the couch, and she goes this way and (laughs) you go that way, and then you're like ah. At this point, that's what's happening. And and you might think I know we when we all hear this, we have like this heroic thing where we're like, oh, I'll just charge them unless you're there. Think about it. This shooter doesn't have rifle sling to his back. This shooter is like this, has rifle pointed down at the ground, right at where this guy is crouching down, and he is going back and forth. And as soon as this guy pops out, it's gonna be like hitting the weasel with the mallet. All he's gotta do is wait till this guy either goes left or right, and he should have went the other way. Because at this point they're going round and round. This
0: is yeah. So I'm stressed out.
1: <laughs> If he charges him, he'll get shot right in the face. Boom. This guy just shot all his friends. This guy knows how to use a rifle. So what do you do? You you got to keep playing this game. You got to keep going around in circles with this guy and hope to God your foot doesn't trip over a branch and you fall on your face.
0: <laughs> just I'm stressed out. Okay.
1: <laughs> Why? You're not there.
0: I get oh. I get secondhand stress very easily.
1: Secondhand stress. Does that cause cancer? <laughs> like second of smoking?
0: Maybe. <laughs> Stress will kill you. <ya. laughs> right.
1: This shooter shoots. The first shot misses. Now this is eight feet away. He takes a shot, hoping this guy's going to come around the right, but he went around the left. The guy shoots anyway. The bullet just throws up a plume of dirt. Lauren looks over and he's like... I'm glad I didn't go right around this ATV. But now, as the shooter's about to find out, Lauren is on his face. He tripped. His foot caught a branch. Tripped face first. Now he's going to look up and see that rifle. And he doesn't have anywhere to go.
0: The bullet lifted Hespek upward, drove him backward, and grabbing his chest, he shouted, I'm hit! Slammed him to the ground. Stunned and motionless, the shooter turned. He wanted
1: the Kratos. The only one, the son. Bob's dead. His mm-hmm. father's dead. Joey's the only one not hit. The other ones are dying. And he's going to go back and make sure they're dead. It's not like they're going to get up and run around. They're all like... Two of them are dead. The other three are on the verge, but they're not going to get up and run back. But there is one guy that's not hit. A young guy, Joey Croteau, that's the next target. So at this point, the shooter is going to come back. I'm going to come back for you guys. I'll be right back. Just got to go kill this one guy. I'll be right back. (laughs) He goes and takes off after Croteau because Joey Croteau is going back to base camp. Okay. Now, back at base camp, they're hearing these shots. True. Other are they like are calling the police and stuff? No.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's deer, deer hunting season. season. Yeah.
1: But the shots are irregular, you know, they're, they're usually more systematic, I guess. But they think that, you know, that maybe they're celebrating. I don't know. So the cops aren't called for a while. Even when the forest ranger first hears the call, he thinks it's a joke. <laughs> Human shooting people, yeah. All right. So it takes a long time for those ambulances to come out there and the police to get out there. Wow, a long time out in the middle of nowhere. You know. Anyway, Lauren was hit. You just read that. Mm-hmm. He's he's wounded. He's temporarily paralyzed, but he's going to survive. He can get up. However, as soon as he's shot, he loses consciousness. Mm-hmm. When he wakes up, his literally worst nightmare. You couldn't even make this up. You cannot even make this up. Comes true. Now the shooter's not there, but there is something else that's going to kill him. Not the shooter because the shooter's running after Joey. But Mm -hmm. this man, Lauren Hesbeck, regains consciousness at this point. As soon as he opens his eyes, he hears and he sees that, you remember that ATV that Mm -hmm. Mark Reut was shot on? Yeah. And it kept going? Oh, God. Now, just briefly, Hesbeck, Lauren Hesbeck has lost consciousness. Just briefly. When he comes to, can't move his body because he's been shot, thrown backwards by the bullet, head laying on the ground, ATV coming straight for his face. Cause it's still moving, chugging along, chugging. Not going like thirty miles an hour, but it's going to come and crush him. That's a two thousand pound machine. It's coming straight for his face. (laughs) <laughs> this is fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> yes, it is.
1: So he knows that the shooter has ran off because he doesn't hear them. But now this ATV's coming. So he'll describe it as he just, before he could do anything, he just shut his eyes. If it's going to hit me, it's going to hurt and it's going to kill me. Whatever. I don't want to see it. Shuts his eyes. And then he hears this loud <laughs> crackling. It's a wreck. The ATV veered off just enough to crash into the UTV that he was once lying behind. Oh My God! Nearly missing his face, a two thousand pound machine nearly missed him.
0: Well, I would say he's lucky, but he's already been shot and he's you know paralyzed at this point, so he's not exactly lucky anyway. But I I guess does like he live,
1: but he is the only one capable now of walking and getting people help because he's shot in the chest, but he's still good and he's still gonna do his thing, right? Jeez. So the first person that he hears is the first person shot, Terry Willers. He makes a noise. Oh, he knows he's alive now. Lauren stumbles over there. It's like in a horror movie, like you know, they're stumbling. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna save you, but I'm all fucked up too, you know. Yep. And then the killer's gonna come back and kill both of them. Yep. But now it's a race against time. He takes his jacket because the blood coming from Terry Willers is spurting, and he has nothing to put pressure on it. He gives him the jacket, and he's like, try to put pressure on this wound to stop the spurting blood. He then looks over to Mark Royt, the guy that was on the ATV that almost killed him, and this is how he described it.
0: He walked over to Royt, saw a large hole in his head, gurgling and oozing blood, and knew he could do nothing for him.
1: They're still stuck in the woods. No one's coming to get them because the people in the cabin don't know the situation is going on. It's deer hunting season, right? In attendance by round shot and he shot at either hit or not. All right. Lauren Hesbeck is a male. He was shot once. I think two or three shots were shot at him. One time it hit him. Okay. He was the one that was running around. Yep. Right. The the only one that's capable of doing anything. The the only one that has a chance of survival, honestly. Mm-hmm. The other ones are pretty much dead. Mm-hmm. Bob Crateau dead. Yep. Shot through the heart. He had two shots at him. One missed. Next one through the heart. His son, Joey, is perhaps going to live. He's running like hell through the woods and the shooter's chasing him Mm -hmm. because he's the other witness. So we'll come back to him. Mark Royt, dead. Terry Willers, he's the one that has the hole in the chest. Danny Drew, he is mortally wounded as well. All right. Those are who's in attendance, right? Joey Croteau. Let's go back to him, and then we'll come back to the rest. He's running full speed. He's got to make it back to the cabin, which is which is only I I literally I, I think it was only four. I think it said four hundred and fifty eight feet away. It's not a long way to run. No. I don't think. I don't know how far that is, and maybe half a mile, something like that. So Joey Croteau is running like hell, trying to get back to that cabin, and the shooter is after him, determined not to leave any witnesses, and he's the last one to go. Joey Corteau is running through the woods, back to the cabin, 458 feet to the cabin. <laughs> the shooter, who is a very fit man and a sharpshooter, is running behind him at full speed. Joey's about halfway to the cabin and he kind of looks back and the man is stopped and he inches up that rifle and he lines up those sights. Joey's head is right in between those iron sights at the front of his rifle. He pulls the trigger. So that's where we're stopping. <laughs>
0: God damn it! You know?
1: <laughs> I, I have to stop it here. There's a lot more. I gotta go. Oh over Oh
0: my god! But what are we doing it? Not We're, until Monday.
1: We gotta go over the killer. We gotta go over. I it.
0: know. But what are we gonna? What are we doing? Part two.
1: I mean, we can we can do it today. I just you know, I dude. This is. Ah. I only put out an hour show. The show is only an hour.
0: Tina says, how rude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can do it today for our supporters. And then if you're... Are you
0: it, up to it? Or are you like, are you dead?
1: No, I kind of want to get it out of the way. Honestly, I think I can do it. If you guys give us an hour, I need okay. to kind of recharge. Now, if you're, if you're new here... So we do two episodes. So this episode, this one that I just did will be out on Monday. These episodes are an hour long. And then this will be, I didn't want it to be a part two, but I don't know how it's going to look when I edit it. And I was talking a little slower because I'm sick. So I will speed it up a little bit. But the part two will be out on Wednesday. Cool. If it is a part two, if it's just all big one thing, you'll hear the whole thing on Monday. If not hear it Monday and Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Or you can join us here in an hour and get the rest of the story.
0: For you supremos.
1: Like Tom Brokaw. Yeah. Yeah. and that's uh, our top tier on Patreon.com/slash/talkmurder/taco supremo, and we do those for you guys. That's a special because you guys are supporting us, and you get a bunch of cool stuff too. Like we get, we got a whole swag bag now, like comic books, true crime comic books are super rare. We're giving away these. Uh, what's this guy's name? Um, Kenda, Joan Kenda, John Joe Kenda signed autographs. We're giving away true crime cards, and all this comes in the swag bag. Like I said, special for now, and I only have nine of these, and these will go fast and i did pay a pretty penny of these at an auction these are the joe kenda he's a homicide guy he's a homicide hunter guy it's like a big show i mean i've seen his name before so be sure to stick around and join us for Part part two in 45 minutes so that's all i got until next time good night you lovely lovely people